Um, hello, everyone, and welcome back to Taking Back Tuesdays. I am your host, Melissa Mitchell, and I have today on my podcast one of my very best friends in the whole world. Um, we have been friends since we were 13, and I am turning 40 this year. I am not going to do the math, not like I I'm not, I'm not like ashamed of my age. Rob will be, oh, sorry. I didn't even say Rob. Rob will be turning 40 next year. He's a 1983. I'm a 1982. Um, so yes, Rob is one of my best friends and I wanted to have him on the podcast today. So Rob, um, why don't you tell, talk to me about why I wanted to have you on the show? Absolutely. Well, Melissa, thank you for having me on the podcast today. Why don't you tell everyone what you call me, by the way? I call Melissa the Zill, and I have been doing so for the past 27 years when we met. Oh my God, Rob, good math. Well, I do math for a living, so it makes sense. Um, Which is ironic, given how we started off our math Oh my God, me and Rob started off in remedial math. That's not how we started out. We were already like BFFs. It was like, yeah, exactly. We started out doing a production of Pippin together. Many mo- 27 years ago, probably this summer. Yeah. Um. So if you guys have never seen Pippin, is it? A re- I don't think it's a movie. It is a movie. There is a movie of it. Yeah. Oh yeah, but it was not. A, was it not a musical? Eh, vague. There's definitely some sort of shoddy movie of it, but okay, it does but exist out there. Please listen to the Pippin soundtrack, preferably the um. I did you see the revival? No, I didn't. I like the original. Amazing. Please watch the revival. Um, you could also catch Ben Platt on Spotify singing a lot of the songs and he's amazing. Okay. Sorry, Rob, why did I want you to be on the show today? Well, I would say it actually kind of dates back to when you and I first met and mm-hmm. I quickly realized a, that you were special and B that you. Wait, I missed the last Absolutely. thing you just said. You said I was special. And then what did you say? And that you were an ally to me oh, because, you know, it. I was very clearly different from some of the other boys running around Naperville, Illinois, mm-hmm. back in uh, the late 90s. Yes. Um, and I, from, you know, my space, I'd always love to share my experiences, kind of how I've ended up in my life where I'm at and the struggles that I've gone through. So I hope that's, I hope that's why I'm here. That is why you're here. That is it. Besides the fact that I love you and you are special. <laughs> ah, thank you. you. Okay. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me about this. Yeah. So listen, you know, I definitely grew up, I feel like always feeling a little bit different. You know, I, my family was not from the Midwest and we moved to the Chicago area when I was a little kid. Uh, my family's from the East coast and we were definitely always different as a family, whether it was, you know, my parents, New York accents or the way that we dressed um, but I definitely remember for me, one of like the biggest moments when I realized that I was very different than everybody else is when I, when I transferred schools, uh, into the Naperville public school system, mm-hmm. uh, which is a great system. My mother worked for it. So I'm not going to knock it, but it was definitely a very different experience from the school that I had been at for, for many years. And, and then sort of like moving into the Naperville area. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think that at that point in my life, I really knew how I was different, you know, mm-hmm. versus today, I can say I'm an out and proud gay man. Mm-hmm. Uh, but back when I was a kid, I just knew that I was different. You know, I, yeah. I, I played better with the girls in the class. I was more interested in what my sister was doing. Um, I remember for me, the, the, the worst time of any day at school was uh, gym class when mm-hmm. we got separated from the girls and the boys. And I always remember like my biggest fear was having to be 
on like a football team where you had to take your shirt off Mm -hmm. because you had to like identify as a different uh team or whatever and so they always have like shirts and skins Mm -hmm. and for me like that was my terrifying moment I was always so scared if and when that that was going to happen because a I didn't I wasn't good at football so Mm -hmm. (laughs) that was probably the first issue and then but you the, are really good at tennis. I am very good at tennis, as we you can well talk know. About that. Yeah, you and me playing I can kill, as my mom says, I'm very good at um, individual sports, but group mm-hmm. sports were definitely not my excel. But I think that that also stems back to sort of me feeling different, mm-hmm. me not feeling like one of the other boys. Mm-hmm. Um, and not to say, I mean, listen, I fully support transgendered and everything that's going on in the LGBTQ plus community, but mm-hmm. I am, I'm a gay man who identifies yes. as a man. Right. Um, but yeah, I was definitely very different. And growing up in the culture where we grew up, there was really not a welcoming mm-hmm. s- space. You know, I mean, I, truly, this was like 30 years ago. Yeah, exactly. 30. Right. Yeah, totally. 30 years ago when we were like teenagers in like middle right. school. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember when I started, I looked different than the other kids, the other boys in the class, because I dressed differently, because mm-hmm. I had style, and I still do. And Top to bottom, Banana Republic. Back no then, holes for this guy. Oh, God, can you imagine all the khakis? How terrifying. You never... Oh, no, you never- <laughs> I know I did. I'm saying now I make Oh, yes. Khaki McGee over here. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely was different. And my mom always... I was very fortunate that I grew up in a very liberal family who always explored and you know, wanted to champion me being different. Although I think at at that point in my life, I hadn't ever said the word I'm gay and nor had my parents asked me. But interestingly, actually, my mom always says that she told my dad when I was like two or three years old that Robert's different, Robert's gay. You've got to, yeah, right? You've got to be more supportive and get out, get on board or get out is kind of how she, kind of how she put this. But interestingly, they never actually said this to me in, in okay. my like youth or growing up mm-hmm. um but I remember joining my new school it was Elmwood Elementary oh my God. and I like I said I, I dressed differently than the other boys like I remember my and partially because of my mom she was very stylish or is very stylish yes and I remember all the other kids were in like horrible sweatpants oh my god and I was, horrible I was wearing like these like tweed sort of you know new fall fashion probably from you know lord and taylor or something silly Mm -hmm. uh and so i like immediately like walked into the to the classroom and was like a target from day one for being different yeah um and i would say probably got called faggot within maybe the first week of of being at that school and keep in mind at that point I was probably in like fifth grade so I was I was young Mm -hmm. and I didn't really have any sort of sexual identity at that point in my life Mm -hmm. um so but I knew what the word meant I knew that it was a bad word yeah I knew that it was something that I wasn't supposed to be associated with Mm -hmm. and I basically was treated different from like that moment on and I would say there was kind of like a gang of bullies in growing up that kind of tortured me probably for the better part of like a decade or two throughout my like middle school and high school experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and it didn't really change, honestly. It's, and, and even in our high school, we had like a gay straight alliance. I was mm-hmm. not part of it. Again, I didn't want to be part of it to be like considered a target. Yeah. Um, but like I said, you know, I, I joined this new school and was sort of immediately tortured by a group of boys. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And interestingly, the girls in my life, the women in my life now, have always been sort of my rocks. You know, you, you, Zill, being one of them. Thank you. Um, and, you know, I, I very quickly learned that girls would, like, kind of always have my back and mm-hmm. were always there for me. So I basically didn't really make any little guy, little boy friends mm-hmm. my entire probably until I was like in high school, I really didn't really have any other friends. And so the way that our school system worked is like you went to one elementary school that fed into a larger middle school of like, you know, probably eight middle schools that then fed into our huge Huge high school. school. I mean, we graduated with like 900 kids, I think. I don't know the exact number, but something crazy. And our 20 year high school reunion is I think this year, Uh, although it's delayed due to COVID. But again, I didn't really get to make any guy friends because Mm -hmm the other quote unquote normal boys didn't want to be, be friends with me because they didn't want to get called faggot. Can I use mm-hmm. that word on here? Yeah. yeah you okay, can say okay, whatever cool. you want. You can say the F word, which is not faggot. It's fuck. The, the other one. Yes. Um, but yeah, so like the other boys didn't really want to be friends with me because they didn't want to be called faggot and they didn't want to be associated with the kid that was different in the class. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also, you know, didn't really have like the same interests. Um, and then I would kind of say probably, in mid like late middle school is when I really understood what they were saying but again Mm -hmm. I hadn't had any sort of sexual experiences that point in my life Mm -hmm. um and didn't and I would have said to everyone no I'm not gay I mean I had like a little you know middle school girlfriend Mm -hmm. who I'm still friendly with Jenny yes exactly Uh a very a person who I still hold near and dear to my heart ditto um and so I was doing all the kinds of things that you think that you're supposed to do as a, as a quote unquote normal kid. And I'm saying quote unquote, because I don't think that that being straight yeah. is normal at this point in my life. Right. No. Uh, it's maybe the more mass situation, but there's definitely mm-hmm. lots of different, you know, different sort of views on where people sit in the genders and sexuality spectrum. And I support all of that, but yeah, I was, you know, doing all the normal sort of things. And then late in middle school, after being tortured there for three years by mm-hmm. lots of mean kids, mm-hmm. I found a probably the safest space um, at something called Only a Stage, which was in Naperville, mm-hmm. which is actually where I met Melissa. Yep. Um, and at the ripe old age of 13. Uh-huh. And it was the first time, I think, in my life where I was around kids that were like me, whether mm-hmm. that was gay or not, they were artistic, they were interested in musicals, and they were interested in singing and dancing. And we were fortunate enough to be with some, you know, adults who were all super supportive of kids from all over the, you know, different points and, you know, areas of the world and, and life and kind of where they were coming from. And I think it was probably the first time that I met other gay kids. Whether or not I knew that they were gay at that point. Right. Whether they, they were out. None of us none of us were, right? right? I mean, I remember there were probably, I can count on my hand, probably four or five of the guys mm-hmm. that I remember. I didn't have, like, a crush on them. Mm-hmm. But I remember being like, oh, my God, he's so, he's like me. Mm-hmm. He's um, interested in what I, what I like. Mm-hmm. Um, but, again, this was not by any means any sort of sexual um, exploration. It was just right. sort of, like, identifying that there were 
teenagers that mm-hmm. kind of looked and sounded like me because let's yes. face it I sound different yes. um, well, yeah I mean way more so before <laughs> your voice changed yeah you exactly were ti- you were so skinny teeny tiny like, I still very was slim, probably but you're very tall I was probably 100 pounds until I was like 18 years old and my, my I was a soprano mm-hmm. in high school um yep. I sang in concert choir and I was a soprano I think until we were like juniors mm-hmm. you honestly and... would probably be a bass now yeah now like, maybe baritone low. yeah baritone yeah maybe baritone um but even my voice I feel like I have learned to to speak lower in a different mm-hmm. register which I'll, I'll speak to in a minute but yeah I would say that that sort of like becoming like a true teen is really where I started to feel like okay I have friends that are like me And I started to sort of like defend myself a little bit more. Mm -hmm. I also think having an older sister who was a senior in high school when I was a freshman, which Mm -hmm. is kind of around when Melissa and I met, Mm -hmm. really helped me because she, I remember one day I was walking through the the lunchroom at um, Naperville Central High School and one of the juniors was the older sibling of one of the brothers that used to torture me when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And he called me faggot and threw gum in my hair. The bo- the brother, the older brother who was like a junior. All right, you're gonna have to tell me who this is. Um, after and, the call, yeah, after the call. Unless you want to tell now. No, I don't want to use names on here because we know a lot of this, these people still exist, and I'm not okay. here to to sort of like point a finger at any right. of them. Okay. They okay. know y'all know they who know you who are, are. Mm-hmm. exactly. But my sister made this guy get up in the lunchroom in front of like the whole lunch class and apologize in front of everybody and like stand on the table yeah exactly she's the ultimate badass she is a badass Mm -hmm. and also an ally yes um so and at at that point in my life I feel like that's kind of when I started to feel like okay I'm I'm really different and everyone's calling me a faggot and I think maybe I feel differently right Mm -hmm. and I remember For me, the first time I kind of like had like a boy crush, let's call it, I was in, I was a senior in high school Mm -hmm. and I was in French class and there was someone in my French class who was just nice. He was like the first guy Mm -hmm. that was nice to me. And it was, it had nothing to do with me, who I was or who I was friends with or how I sounded or what I wore. He was just nice. Mm -hmm. And it was the first time I was like, oh my God, like I want to, I want to know this person. And then I remember starting to be like, wait a minute. I feel differently. And that was kind of the first time that I realized, like, as an, I guess as an adult, I was like, what, 17, probably 18, Mm -hmm. that I was gay. Mm -hmm. Um, And although I had been called, you know, gay or faggot for probably 10 years since I had moved to the, to the, to Naperville. Um, But it was really kind of that time in my life where I was like, oh, maybe all these people are right. Maybe I'm different. And then you kind of go in that rabbit hole. And remember, this is like 1998. Yes. So you're in like the height of the AIDS crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, where, God, I didn't think about that. Yeah, think about it. Like a couple years before, like all of like the older generations, if you were gay, that meant you were going to die of AIDS. Yes, um, right. At least when I was a kid, you know, when I was mm-hmm. a teenager, that was like kind of like what the worry was of, you yeah. know, of any, any kid, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then you kind of, come to this like mental place where you're like oh my god I'm different and I might not have a normal life or I might not ever get married and at that point gay marriage was not legal and right. you know the idea of having a family was definitely not an option but mm-hmm. I remember being like oh my god all of these people were right I'm gonna 
get the sickness and not, not going to be able to live my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and even through all of it, did, did I ever, I don't even know when I actually came out to you. So um, it was when you were dating your ex-boyfriend. Um, so I was I, in my twenties. Yeah. I mean, you were yeah. probably like, I mean, you had already lived in, I mean, you were back in New York. Yeah. I was definitely I back in New York. And Gabby were there and it was, I think you were, you were not living in your, you were living in like your loft. How many apartments have you had in New York? Oh God. I don't know. Five, four or five. It's been no, a while. No, no. You told me when you were at your parents' condo. In the city, in Chicago. Yes, in Chicago, yes. Um, yeah, so I didn't even come out really when I was in college. So after I left um, Naperville and moved to college, I moved to New York City. Um, and with my, as I was meeting new people in New York and being like, okay, well, I, this is how I feel. I'm gay. And then I completely, I didn't, I don't want to say I lived two lives, mm-hmm. but like my old friends and my family didn't know but then I started having new friends that were gay and mm-hmm. you know really sort of building like my own family let's call it because you transferred to like a hardcore acting exactly right? yeah so yeah. I went to I went to Hofstra University and then I transferred um to the American Academy in New York City uh and by that point then I was surrounded by you know gays mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. thank thank god seriously uh, uh, and it definitely shaped who I am and I would mm-hmm. say that like moving to New York City which is such a magical place. So much more progressive than the Midwest. So much more progressive than Naperville, Illinois, yeah. which is a great place mm-hmm. to live. It if is. You, if you're your average sort of person, but mm-hmm. I'm a little bit different than average. I'm sure now, 20 years, 30 years later, it's a lot better, but I mean, it's very Midwestern. I would hope so. But like, even, even sort of like my sex education, think about like high school. Yeah. Like that was very straight. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, there yeah. was there was no no conversation about like why you should use a condom as a gay person, right? Um, like that that didn't even exist. Where I mm-hmm. hope to God now people yes. realize that you know kids are doing what they're doing, so mm-hmm. they've got to teach all different kinds of sex education. But yeah, no, it, it was definitely not not an option almost. And right. we grew up in a very progressive town. Um, in you think Af- it's progressive? I would say if you compare it to like somewhere in the South, we grew up in, yes. an, af- in an affluent oh, yeah. community of educated people. Yes. And that was my experience was that mm-hmm. I felt like I had to hide. But I don't ever really feel like, and I don't know, you, you knew me as a kid, like I didn't really act any differently. I would say that like I was still who I am. Yeah. I, just, I just would never have said, yes, I'm gay. Yes. Right. Because it but wasn't I was... accepted. It was no. like unheard of. Exactly. But like, as you said, meanwhile, I was like in full head to toe banana republic khaki. So I looked. Messenger bag, not a backpack. Exactly. I was definitely like a different person. Um, But, you know, I would say, like I said before, like when I got to New York and got to college is really when I got to be like, there's nothing wrong with who I am. And, you know, moving to New York really changed who I am and gave me such a confidence Mm -hmm. um, that when I think back about being a kid, you kind of sometimes go back to this like weird revert moment where you're like, Oh God, like if I hear certain people's names or if like I'm on Facebook and someone's like, Oh, you may know this person. And it's like one of these kids that tortured me, Mm -hmm. like immediately your stomach kind of drops and I'm almost a 40 year old man at this point. So Mm -hmm. it's funny how that sort of like is ingrained in your head. And that's why I think like bullying is such a horrible and scary topic especially for gay kids because yeah. the the suicide rate is extremely high in in the gay community mm-hmm. um and it gets even higher if you're you know in the trans community mm-hmm. 
And I was fortunate for, for my mental health. I never tried to kill myself. I never, I never thought about hurting myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can see how if kids don't have allies, like yes. their friends, like, like you, Melissa, or mm-hmm. like my, my mom or, you know, yeah. the friends that I've made later in life, mm-hmm. like that you must feel like you're on an island. Yes. Uh, and that, and that you're completely stuck. But, mm-hmm. you know, as I, as I grew up and I, and I look back at my life, I would say that I wouldn't change any of it because it all kind of gave me the building blocks of, of who I am. And, you know, I wouldn't necessarily, I'm the toughest person on the planet physically, but I'm mentally tough because Mm -hmm. when you kind of endure the, you know, berating for your entire adolescence about, you know, how bad it is to be different, it kind of arms you with, with armor, I guess it's kind of cheesy to say it, but kind of the truth. Mm -hmm. Um, And then as I kind of like got older, I would say like, you know, I didn't come out until later until after college um you're right I came out after I started dating my ex Mm -hmm. um so I was probably like 22 23 yeah no you're older you think I was older I think yeah anyway you yeah you're probably right because you I was living in LA yes yes um so no you're that's probably right and it's funny because you know when I was at, at one point I wanted to be an actor and even in like the acting sort of world if you want to be in front of a camera or you wanted to be on stage you still have to portray this like straightness right so true to get so it's funny that I kind of like went into a world where you have to like be even more straight than if you're just sort of like a person like working in accounting or something right um so I I kind of like went down this path into acting moved to LA and then quickly realized that I was not meant to be an actor at least to be in behind sorry, in front of people and on a stage. And through sort of like dumb luck, I ended up in fashion, mm-hmm. um, which is super inclusive and very sort of promotes people of different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say when I went into sort of the fashion space was really the first time in my life ever where I never had to hide who I was mm-hmm. or pretend not to be who I was mm-hmm. um and that happened quick like quite early on in my fashion career I, I definitely have had moments where you like work like in like with certain people who are like boys club type of people and that's kind mm-hmm. of more like you know 10 years ago versus the current industry mm-hmm. um but I'm I'm very fortunate that I have found a home in fashion that is super inclusive um and you know it's funny because I recently um, just came home from a business trip where I was in Brazil and Mexico for two weeks mm-hmm. um, visiting stores and I was meeting with my teams down there and the culture there is a very different, right? It's mm-hmm. a lot more machismo. It mm-hmm. is, there's not many people out in, in the workplace and I very, I, you know, I don't hide who I am and I'll buy it by any means. And I was mm-hmm. at a lunch and a dinner and I said, oh, something, my boyfriend, this, we, this, we have a home, so on and so forth. And one of the guys said something to me afterwards, the guys who works in one of our offices and was like, wow, I was really impressed with how open you live your life. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. holy shit. Like you forget. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, li- I live in New York City. I've traveled around the world mm-hmm. and I'm an out proud professional, but there are mm-hmm. still people in 2022 in the globe who work in corporate worlds Mm -hmm. that can't be out 
um, for whatever reason, whether it's family or maybe they think they won't get a promotion. Um, but it's definitely crazy to me to think that because again, I've been fortunate in my life to have been surrounded by a lot of love and found a industry that promotes individuality and differences. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's extremely important for people like myself to share their experiences and help youth, gay or straight, mm-hmm. to sort of like come to terms with who they are and what that means for their life. And, you know, I used to, before the pandemic, I used to help, uh, one of my friends was at a, um, like a gay youth, um, not shelter, but like a gay youth um, help Center? Sort of, yeah, center. Yeah, thank you. Okay. Um, and it was so interesting to me to like see these young kids and they just look up at someone who's cusping 40 as like, they look at you with these big eyes like, oh my God, it is possible. And oh. I think for me, like that is the most important thing is that they're, it's cheesy as it sounds, like people always say it gets better. It definitely gets better as you get oh, older. I love it. For any of those like younger people out there that are kind mm-hmm. of struggling with their identity or, you know, feeling comfortable, it will come and you have to find allies and yeah. you're, you have to find friends. And I think that if I could have changed one thing, maybe it would be to come out earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I see these younger kids now that come out like in high school and I'm jealous. Yeah. Like yeah. I can, all, I can totally. only imagine being able to go to like dance like a high school dance with my with my boyfriend yeah Yeah. I didn't I didn't have a boyfriend then but like right I feel like that would probably have changed sort of who I am today right Mm -hmm. so I I I am really thankful that in this world that it is getting better Mm -hmm. um it will be very interesting to see what happens if I can make it to our reunion and if I see if I see any of our we're making it I know. I hope we can, so. We can stay at another. We can stay at a nicer hotel. Okay? Yeah. Well, I'm not worried about the hotel, but okay. you, do you know what I mean? Like, it'll be interesting yeah. to see like some of these people that like, like I said, tortured me, mm-hmm. and like, what is that going to feel like to see them in person after? Because I have, I'm, ne- I never really come home to Chicago, as you know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I haven't been home in quite a while. So it'll be interesting to kind of see what that looks like. And you know, actually, recently, in the last few years. I had someone that I grew up with in kind of like my neighborhood who's like our parents were best friends, our siblings were best friends, and he was in our grade. Uh-huh. Uh, and he was friends with all the boys that kind of tortured me. Um, and he never made fun of me ever, ever, ever. He uh-huh. was always like lovely to me. And like when we were kids, we would play together. And again, he was never mean to me, but he never stood up for me. Uh-huh. And recently we were together and he apologized to me and he was like, he was like, I'm so sorry that I Uh didn't, that I wasn't able to stand up to it or I wasn't there for you. Uh Um, And it truthfully like meant the world to me to like be like, wow, you actually do have the context to remember the torture that was to be any adolescent, but to be a gay adolescent. And then Uh to have him kind of like apologize for not even not, he didn't apologize for doing anything. He apologized for not doing anything. Uh-huh. Um, and it really, it really meant a lot. So he, if he's listening, he knows who he is. Oh, um, I'm, I'm obviously going to ask you. And I appreciate it. But I'm sure yeah. I know who it is. Yeah, you probably can guess it. Yeah. Okay, so, all right, here we are. It's 2022. Um, we're planning on going to our high school reunion. Um, do you have anything else to say about this experience? Like you know, you're in a a wonderful place. You have a wonderful boyfriend. You have two 
Holmes, soon to be maybe three. Hopefully three. Hopefully three. <laughs> and you have an amazing tell. Why don't you just really quickly uh, say what your job is? So uh, I'm the vice president for a luxury brand overseeing uh, the U.S., Mexico, Canada, and Brazil. Um, I've been in this job for about eight months. Uh, but I've been in luxury fashion for basically my entire career at this point. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I basically oversee a brand uh, for the region, which is super cool. And I sometimes pinch myself that I actually have the job that I do. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't have this job if I didn't go through all the struggles as, you know, growing mm-hmm. up different, you know, mm-hmm. because I, I think I approach things differently. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. I am just going to finish this up with some fun questions. All right. Let's do it. I know. Okay. Um, what is Rob has been all over the world, mostly for work, right? Like, did you go anywhere like exotic with your parents when you were little? No, I mean, we would go to Puerto Rico a lot and we've been Mm -hmm. to Europe, but I would say for my, most of my adult life, I travel a lot for work, like you said. So So what is your very favorite place you've ever been? My very favorite place is Paris. Mm-hmm. It is such a magical city. It's actually not even that big of a city for those of people who haven't been. But yeah, it is... I went and I did. I felt like I did everything in two days. Yeah, I was you can. Only there for two days, but I just want to go and like spend more time there. Yeah, I would say Paris by far as a city, mm-hmm. and then Lake Como, Italy, is <gasps> the most. It looks like Disneyland. It, oh not God. Disneyland like the park, but like it looks like a Disney movie. Like how could it actually look this beautiful? So is I would it say. The Bel- Bellagio Hotel based on Lake Como. Yeah, so the Bellagio Bellagio is a town in on Lake Como in oh, Italy, wow. and Bellagio is okay. where I think George Clooney's house is. But okay, yes. So I would say those two. Okay, and then in the U.S., my favorite place is Miami. I love. I've never been. What? Yeah, that's probably like the only. I haven't been to Seattle or Miami, and I feel like those are like the. Put two- Miami higher on your list. Really? <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Okay, I will. I really want to go. I love it. Um, and then my other question is, what show, TV shows are you watching lately? Or what's like your favorite show of all time? Uh, okay, okay. My favorite TV show of all time would have to be 90210. Oh my God. Flashback to the 90s. Were you devastated when Luke Perry died? Yes. Oh my God. Wasn't that so shocking? It was so crazy. And he was young. Yeah. I mean, he, he was, was under young. 40, I he was, think. Maybe. I th- he was like 42 yeah he was not that much older than we are mm-hmm. um that was terrifying yeah um and then currently my guilty pleasure is anything real housewives of course um my Ditto. my favorite real housewives is beverly hills uh-huh. although we just started watching dubai but they're a little cheesy but it's still megan fun. watches dubai i'm like so behind who's your favorite housewife on uh beverly hills kyle richards of course yeah i heard kim might be coming back I hope so. And I hope Kathy Hilton comes back because I haven't seen her on yet either. But that I whole... Brandy Glanville comes back. She is. She's going to be on Real Housewives Ultimate Girl Trip this summer oh, at Dorinda's gosh. house up in the Berkshires. Oh, my God. I cannot wait. Yeah. I mean, she's just so much drama. Yeah. And she just loves to get drunk and be kooky. So yeah, exactly. She might be my favorite housewife of all time just because she's nuts. Um. Okay. We need to wrap this up because Rob is a very busy man. He probably, I love how I texted you and you were like, I'm in Rio. And you were like, (laughs) in Brazil. And I actually texted our friend Taylor and I like sent it to him. And he's like, 
oh my god rob is too much and he's like make sure rob tells you that mexico city is in mexico and i'm like point taken point (laughs) taken no i love it i mean oh yeah the other thing is that rob is truly the funniest person i have ever met in my whole life thank you bar none i wonder if like your humor though was why like a mat like not a mask but i guess totally yeah 100 because you could yeah. like i did you can feel a room and i still probably do this like mm-hmm. i i try to get people to like me i try to get people to smile mm-hmm. but it pro- to your point it probably does sort of like go back to being a kid and realizing mm-hmm. that humor was like a good way to like bridge the gap yeah like, i mean truly rob is like magic if you meet him in person um oh, thank which you. some of you might but he's just a very dazzling not to use like a kind of gay word, but like you're a <laughs> dazzling, magnetic person. I try. Thank I, you. It, you don't even need to try. It's just supernatural. Um. Okay, Rob, I love you. Oh my god, I love you more. Thank okay. you for having me. I, I hope. I, I hope you... that this gives some sort of like. I hope there's a little kid, gay kid out there somewhere yeah. who listens to this and is like. Yeah. You can be successful. You can have an amazing life. Mm-hmm. And you can be open about who you are. You can and love your parents. You can love your parents and they can love you. And you know yeah. what? Not everyone's going to love you. And not everyone's going to agree with your quote unquote lifestyle. But mm-hmm. like there is there is a group somewhere of people who will love you. Like the Zill loves me. Mm-hmm. And you. you are going to find your own way. And you don't give up. You, you keep keep pushing keep moving and thank you so much to rob for coming on the show today and thank you everybody for listening um if you'd like to follow me i am taking back tuesday's pod on instagram same with facebook and if you're interested in being on the show please email me at taking back tuesday's pod at gmail.com thank you